To this day, there's still a cloud of obscenities <laughs> hovering over the baptistry. Welcome back, everybody. This is Lunchtime in Rome, episode 43. We are going to discuss um, some very cool things tonight on this podcast. Uh, But first and foremost, as always, we welcome you around the table. Pull up a chair. Um, If you don't know who we are or what we do, if this is your first uh, episode, um, we do welcome you as well. And we um, are, are very much looking forward to... Um, having you join us as we continue this journey of learning what it means to join people in their emotions, learning what it means to to come alongside people and to be open, honest, and vulnerable. Um, if this is if you are newer to the podcast, we we certainly invite you to go back and um, kind of dig through the archives. We lay a lot of the foundations um, in some of the earlier uh, shows that we have, and you can find all of those at lunchtimeinrome.com. We have show notes, links. Um, all the things we talk about in each podcast are are up on the web. Uh, again, lunchtimeinrome.com. Um, we do have all of our um, social medias and, and ways that you can subscribe and, and get the podcast delivered to you. Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. Lunchtimeinrome.com. But I am Brian, and I am here with Jay. Yes. And Eric. What's up, buddy? Um, what's going on, guys? I'll go first. Um, so... This week, so the first part of the show is us just kind of talking and and being with each other and right and uh, we just kind of join each other with any joys that we have or mourn with any, you know with each other with any tragedies or anything bad that we got going on. But this is like a car; we're all in one accord. All in one accord. Um, Take that back. <laughs> <laughs> Unsay it. Um, but so I started a running program. Um, <laughs> Take that back. Right after Wait, my birthday. Wait, you started a running pro, like a physical running program. Like I started a running it's like, program. It's like a couch to five k. Okay. Yeah. How have you been doing with that? Because it's been like in the mornings, like you were really motivated there for a while. I have not missed a day. Good, my man, dude. That's like a month and a half or something, right? And I am hitting the part of the the journey where I'm like, I do not want to get up in the morning anymore. Sure. Ah, some ordinary misery though, forcing misery upon yourself so that you can persevere. <laughs> I'm serious. Yes. No. It's it's the you haven't missed put. a day since you started this. I haven't missed a day. It's so I do it Monday, Wednesday. Congratulations, man! I'm so excited for you. <laughs> I appreciate that i do it monday wednesday friday and sunday and uh it's different different trainings but and what know, time are you getting up five o'clock a.m Woof. i get up at five sometimes M. to pee <laughs> <laughs> and then go back to sleep and then have second sleeps yeah but yeah but anyhow it, but you know what i started to do i i was listening to podcasts while i was running you were listening to other podcasts while you were running yes gotcha what? <laughs> <laughs> this is not the only show that I do listen to. Um, <laughs> I don't even know you anymore. Uh, but now I started to listen to the Holy Spirit. Well, kind of. <laughs> A similar spirit. Um, I, I've been listening to worship Something. music. Yeah, right. I've been listening to worship music while nice. I'm running. There you go. And it's just kind of this really unique time with God in the morning. But I do like I'll I'll. 
Is he surprised to hear from you? <laughs> oh, Eric. Hey, it's, I, haven't, I haven't heard from you in a while, buddy. <laughs> see you there. Oh, five o'clock in the morning, Eric. I'm, yeah. He's uh, cleaning like the crust out of his eyes. eyes. Yeah. But God does not sleep. That's a fact. I, uh, yeah. Um, no, but it's funny. So, like, usually for each war, there's a, a five minute warm up walk, mm-hmm. and then there's a five minute cool down walk at the that bookend the the, mm-hmm. the workout so it's funny like i will talk to god during the five minutes but then when i get into the run mm-hmm. like i'll see you in a little bit god yeah, much. yeah. satan comes in i feel like that's like you know just like at one point one of the challenges was to run for uh 12 it was 12 minutes oh straight, straight. yeah because like i've been doing like run meaning not walk or run as like you're sprint. walking like speed walking shaking maracas like when you're rocking kind of a thing it wants you to keep uh whenever i'm doing a it's a low intensity jog like run jog so mm. it's about 12 miles an hour ah, okay. like as okay. if you're running with a dog or something like if you had a dog sure on leash. sure are we talking mm. a fast dog or slow dog? <laughs> you don't need a dog but you know. yeah um but and Cody doesn't want any part no, of the No, he's still run. sawing logs. <laughs> I, my man. I, uh, when your dog looks at you and goes, whatever. What are you doing? <laughs> I, I really could probably say, do you want to go on a walk? And he would probably be like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> and it's his like, favorite thing to do. Um, but, yeah, I, the the time that I had to run 12, 12 in a row, I was like, oh, boy. But normally it's like two minutes running, one minute walking, two minutes running, you know, off and on. But um, but that time, like, I noticed my times are better if I listen to the music. So, like, it's Instead kinda, of the podcast. Yeah, it kind of mm-hmm. gets me, like, maybe more into a rhythm, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm, kinda, like, kind of subliminally, subliminally mm-hmm. going along with the rhythm. But I also, like, I started listening to Raise a Hallelujah, which is one of the songs that we're, that we're learning right now. And just focusing on the the drum part and just kind of spending that time of like focusing on what we do, you know, outside of this podcast, which is, you know, we're part of a worship band and, and focusing on my craft and, and learning, mm-hmm. you know, the, the part and whatnot. And it's been pretty cool. Um, and it's made, it's made it more fun. So I'm like glad I found something that like, I'm kind of powering through this, this part where I like, I, I want to give up, mm-hmm. but I also am enjoying the time. Cause like dude, 80%, is getting out of bed. Oh, yeah. You know, once I, I'm out and doing it, um, I'm, we're doing it. It's fine, right? I, I'm done in 25 minutes. You know, like that's that's how long the the runs yeah. usually are, and and then I'm done. But like 85 percent is just it it's is screw five percent. It was 80 percent. It was now it's 85. Well, and the, and there's something. There really is something amazing, especially to me, especially during the summer when you are up out of bed that early. I mean, I used to deliver water. I did. did Seven years, yeah. you know, I'm up at four thirty in the morning. Yeah, a lot of times I'm at my first stop by five thirty in the morning. Yeah. You know, in a truck, people somewhere. You know, your lights, half an your hour lights away. are flashing, and like yep. all the it's houses are, against, are. It's like Christmas, yes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it. But they're 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 oftentimes to me, especially in the summertime when the air's you know nice and warm and it just smells so good. There's something really tangible and an amazing that that you get it's like a secret like you're like you're yeah. like you're finding part of a secret that you can never get in any other part of the day and it's the morning and then star. you've done it it's you know? the morning star it's, um, it's awesome and it's invigorating if you can get yourself out of if bed you can get like there and, is something magical yeah, about it totally, i totally agree yeah. and now that it's like getting cooler 
Yeah. It's nicer to to run in that, you know, yeah. than it's because some of the days have been kind of kind of muggy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 been pretty cool. Um, we also speaking of things going on this week and food because we like to talk about food. Mm-hmm. Um, so my dad's in a community band, the East Wind Symphonic Band. And, East uh, Wind yeah. Symphonic Band. They're a concert band. Um, he plays the trombone. Go ahead. What? I just, I've known you a while. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've told some stories about your dad. Yeah. I don't know that I knew this. Okay. He's in a band and it's called the East Wind Symphonic Band. That sounds about right. And it, he plays the trombone. He plays the trombone. It's a community. It's a community band, and they're they're really good. They actually went. They just went to Ireland and they played a bunch of shows. Oh, did he in go Ireland. there to Ireland for that? Yeah. Oh, okay. like that was the reason for the trip. Cool. And, uh, it, it did was not cool. know that. Yeah. Um, but he's been wanting us to go and bring Maggie to one of his concerts all summer, you know, and we just haven't been able to do it. But the last show that they're doing, I think it's the last show of the season, um, was this past. Uh, Saturday up in Saxonburg, there's this big fall festival that they do. Um, it's a nice it, area. It, it is was nice. really cool. Yeah, and the um, it's in there the little town of Saxonburg. Yeah, it's very colonial, mm-hmm. and like there's all kinds of people that have like selling crafts and whatnot. Saxonburg Hotel, really good, good uh, great place to eat some food. Oh, okay, yeah, good place. I love food, but mm-hmm. they had you know at these places you know they got food, and mm-hmm. they had one of my favorite things in the world corn dogs oh really i love corn dogs yes corn dogs with ketchup i yes it's one of my favorite things like you could you could house like six of them (laughs) i totally could i I, I double fist corn dogs like they they're just so good um and then we had some strudel and it was also very very good strudel Mm -hmm. helmets strudel Helmet, helmet, <laughs> helmet, strudel, strudel. Yeah. You will like my strudel. It was good. It was good. So yeah, it was it was fun, and they it's did awesome. a great job. They played uh, in this tiny gazebo. It was it was very tight mm-hmm. and uh, tight, tight. Uh, but yeah, is there a town great. square? Like was it in the middle? Like you know how like an ear? Um, yeah, it's like... it wasn't in a town square, but it was in. Well, it was kind of, honestly, it was kind of hard to tell, but you know that the, there's that one, I don't know if it's a church or, but there's like You're a clock tower. You're talking about like the main, the main drag? Yeah. There's yeah. that clock tower. Yeah. It's, it was off from that. Sure. It was all along there? But it was in, yeah, there, it was there. And all then along like the watch, it, all along the watchtower. Yeah. <laughs> but then it like, uh, dog legs, <laughs> out, out of, um, mark it down about 11 minutes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then like like it's enormous it's it's really it's a really big fair and i had no idea it was as big as it was it's like the 34th annual happening of it so it was pretty cool yeah, we had a great cool. time those things are fun we went to a fall festival a couple years ago mm. and by that i mean like five with my sister and and like kind of like a renaissance kind of a thing something like you know like a, a not getting into myself here but you know just about this time of year, late late September, an apple festival. Yeah, kind of like an apple festival. I think it was actually out in Saxonburg as well. We we met my sister out there and brother in law, and um, just those things are so much fun. And Pens- lo- Pennsylvania is like- a really good place for it because, like, fall in Pennsylvania is fall. Like, I- there's some parts of the country where. I don't know. You know, I don't know if it's I, summer. I don't know if they get the same experience. Right now, fall here well, is fall like is different fall. Summer. Yeah, man. I- it's the most manly thing I'll ever say. I love fall festivals. 
That's the most manly thing you ever say? <laughs> I think he's making fun of himself, but I will tell you it's Damn. not the least manual. Uh, manual? <laughs> ah, boom. <laughs> Masculine thing you'll say. Um, that is good. And what comes with every fall is volleyball season. And Ooh, last yeah. Thursday night was our first section match. I don't even know if I told you guys this on Sunday. I must have because it was impactful. But, uh, I mean, we'd already played a team that was terrible and killed them, so whatever. And, and you're pretty excited about the girls this year, yes, your team this year. It's first time in a long, in 10 years where we really could make playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so we had our first section match against Norwin, the defending section champions. Did I tell you guys this off the air at all? Let's just say I did. A little bit. Anyhow, so uh, we're playing them last week. And uh, last year when we played them, they killed us the first time. We lost 3-0, and we looked bad doing it. Mm. But the second time we played them, we took them to five games, and we almost beat them in the fifth game. And their coach, it was so funny, because she's like, Jay, they're really good. And mm. I was like, yeah. She's like, talking I about was, her own team? No, about no. my team. Okay. <laughs> yeah. like she, but like, I was insulted right. or, or insulted. It was a backhanded comment. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, because we won a couple games. Yeah, that's kind of the object, you know. But yet... In contrast to the way we'd played earlier, she has given me a compliment. So yeah. fine. So before the game, I told my girls, I said, listen, they're afraid of you. I said, I guarantee it. I said, because we shouldn't be as good as we are. We work harder than anybody else. You know, we we are resilient. We're not going to let it get us down. And we're going to come after them. And I may or may not have sworn in the pregame speech to get them fired up. And we go out and we're down in the first game, most of the game, three to five points. And by that doesn't matter. Three to five points. <laughs> Down 24-21, the game's to 25. We tie it up. Wow. Back and you have to win by two, back and forth, back and forth. And it was so much fun. And it's so exciting, especially at Penn Hills, when there's like guys from the basketball team there. (coughs) And they don't know anything. Some of these guys, they don't know anything. They're just there for hype. They don't know anything about 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 volleyball. volleyball, And yet, but they also know sports. And so and I've often said that coaching is like playing a video game. When the battery is dying on your remote control, yeah, on your controller, I should say, and you're pressing the right buttons, but on the screen, they're not doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's times where I coach and I'm like, all right, here's what I need you to do. And if they would just do what I told them, we yeah. would be fine. Yes. Well, in this game, I'm like, okay, go over here, do this, bring it in outside there. Okay, fine. And we're, and it's like, you know, I'm moving this one girl and she's like, moves it's in happening. And she roofs this girl <laughs> and the guys are going crazy and it's all good. And we win game one, 33 31. Wow. I haven't coached a game that went into the 30s in the longest time. Wow. That's so fun. And so, mm-hmm. and you can see Norman. Norwin's face because they collapsed in the playoffs against another team. So now they know how to collapse. It's hanging over their heads. And we've yep. got the, we reminded them They're of who on they the are. And we're yep. good and everything else. And a few points into the next game, my best attacker snaps her ankle bad. No. To the point where they had to carry her off oh, the court. Man. Oh, and man. I'm like, all right, now it's a lot harder. Because yes. they have a superstar hitter. Yeah. And this girl can block her. Mm-hmm. And did in the first game. Yeah. This girl's back. So she snaps. She snaps go- her ankle in which game? The f- beginning of the second game. Oh, uh, okay. And wow. how many? There's three. Uh, what uh, games? games? Best of five. Okay, so you need to win three. You gotcha. need to win three. Yeah, we're yeah. up one zero. Yep. And so, okay, we're back and forth a little bit. We, we get a little lead. Okay, all right. My second best attacker snaps her ankle. No, no way. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's all over. It was nice. <laughs> it's all over. And we still held the lead by five to six points for most of that game. And it's amazing in volleyball more than any other sport. I know every coach would say it happens in their sport. Sure. But if you put somebody who cannot control the ball, there's only six girls on the court. 
Right. You know, in basketball, very minimal uh, margin for error. Right. In a basketball, yeah. you can just sort of say, "Okay, there, Billy, you go stand off in the corner, and nobody passes Billy the right. ball." You can hide right. that or shelter. The that other person. team doesn't decide who yeah. gets the you ball. You have your zone in volleyball. I swear, at times that in that second game, the ball was coming across the net and would make a right <laughs> angle <laughs> and find one of the two girls that I had put in that weren't really yeah. good at controlling the ball. Yeah. And so we lost game two, like twenty-five, twenty-two, and then. So close. Oh, it was great. Up against we, we, like, oh, you know, oh, it was yeah. outstanding. Wow. And then, of course, in the next two games, they were like, we, we really have no chance, do we? And I'm like, no, I don't think we do. <laughs> you know, and I think we lost 25-10, 25-7 in the f- fourth game. Yeah. But we had a game the other night, and one of the girls was back last night, and we played another team that could contend for the section championship. We're still missing the, the number one attacker. When you so, say snap their ankle. The one that got hurt first was it ended up being a high ankle sprain. So that's the thing that, in a lot of ways, you'd be better off almost breaking your ankle. Like she might come oh, back really? this season, probably oh, not. Really? Yeah. The other what one. What a bummer because it just started. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Um, <laughs> oh, I know very well. <laughs> yeah, like, well stop, aware of that. Stop reminding me, Eric. <laughs> and then the other one played last night, like I said. Now she was limited, and sure. I didn't have her practice today. But it was cool because even at practice today, I actually played just because a drill we needed to do, and it's a longer story. And and that's why I wanted to, as far as like. Uh, rejoicing with those who rejoice, which is what we're doing here, or mourning, like you just did with me. Yeah. Um, I got to play, and it's funny because Holly is a, you guys, you both met Holly. She was the Young Life leader with the red yeah. hair. Yeah. She helps me out with volleyball as a way to be around high school kids because she's a Young Life I wasn't leader. I was there that night. I didn't meet her. That's the point. Um, <laughs> Doesn't matter. But um, she was like, wait, you're going to play? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, I've never seen you play because I didn't realize that I haven't played this year because I have 28 girls on the team. Right. right. Some right. girls were out. Yeah. This drill we're doing. I needed to play everything else. And it was so funny because it was so much fun playing. Like, because mm-hmm. I do love to demonstrate what I, how I want the girls to play. Right. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm looking for. This yeah. is selling out. This is having, this is having fun. This is being exciting. This yeah. is, and I always tell them you should, when you make a mistake, I want you to hate it for three mm-hmm. seconds. Mm-hmm. I want you to hate everything about what you just did yeah. with a, the most vile taste in your mouth. Yep. Vomit. Yeah. Absorb for three it seconds. And then it's gone. On. Yeah. And yep. when you do something good, I want you to celebrate it until the next point. Mm-hmm. I said, if you can embody that, you'll be on, you, you can't be beaten, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. And so I play like that and yeah. they will crack up when I will scream at myself or yeah. I will say something about myself and then eh, it's fine. And then if I do something good, nah, I'm clearly the best player. Like I'll just say, <laughs> how can anyone be that good to make that set right there. Did you see that? You know? And so it's so funny because I still listen for, like I used to love to listen to the crowd roar, just like when you make a nice save mm-hmm. or, or when you would hit a right note in the band. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very similar. Um, <laughs> but when like a 6'6 six, six guy would go up and the whole crowd would get quiet because they know he's about to crush the ball and he would and I would dive underneath it and make the dig and you just hear everybody go crazy. Well, yeah. I still listen for people to say, Wow. You know, and so I'll be making plays and I still hear girls go like, oh, geez, wow. Like, I didn't know somebody could do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I still got it. I still got it. <laughs> and what's funny is there was one play today where a girl, you know, I'm, I'm anticipating mm, it's not going to be where it's supposed to be. So I'm, fl- I'm already running towards this girl. She hits the ball just like I suspected. It wasn't towards me. And I'm flying with all I have, and I dive underneath it with perfect technique, and I pop the ball in the air. And it's so funny because I hear somebody go, he got it. But in my head, I'm like, in my mind, I just flew across the court mm. lightning fast. Yeah. I said, 
I'll bet if somebody else was watching, they're like, oh, bless his heart. <laughs> He's still trying. Like, in my mind, I flew across that court. I'll bet you it wasn't that fast. I'll bet you. They're like, wow, he got everything out of that effort. That is incredible. But in my mind, like, yeah. we talk about that, like, when there's, like, an overpass, like, instead of it being three contacts, yeah. somebody passes the first ball, but just barely above the net. And you're at the net, so you do, it, it's like a Christmas gift because you can mm-hmm. hit it. It's a perfect set. Yeah. There's no block because they don't know it's coming and everything else. And it's so funny because in your mind, you're like, in your mind, you're like, I am about 10, 11 feet in the air. It gets quiet. <laughs> you can stop yourself while in the I air. All the camera arm, flashes are going on. I pull my arm back. <laughs> yeah. you know, there was one today that, that happened. And I was like, in my mind, I'm crushing this ball. Yep. I might hit somebody, but it's volleyball, so it's okay. Yep. And by the end, I was like, just keep your hand in the air. Keep your hand in the air. <laughs> like I barely paintbrushed it over. And I'm like, <laughs> so that's what I've been up to in that regard. Dude, the, that's awesome. It was a lot of fun. And I'm, and it's and it's so funny because every when I played, the head coach played with us, and he was like 38 once, pulled his hamstring, never played with us again. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm now 48 years old, yeah, and I've never pulled a major muscle, you know, and I am keep waiting for like the time where I go out there, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that was the time he yeah. got hurt. <laughs> oh, that's you what know, it's like. My dad was 32 and, sh- you know, snapped his Achilles tendon, you know, and it's yeah. like, Ooh. I got away with another one. And I still, I still got it. I yeah. can still play. Yeah. But I want to very quickly, from a food perspective, tell the story of Joe working at Domino's Pizza. Oh, yeah. Joe's working there. He just got a job also working at Seneca Place, where it's going to be paid more money. Joe is your oldest son. Joe is my oldest son. He's 16 years old. He's a good boy. And uh, Joe is a good boy. Baby giraffe. Joe is surrounded by Middle Eastern men. Uh, it's all because you think about pizza. Yep. You think about people from Nepal. His right. boss is from Nepal. Yep. We, we keep thinking he's from Pakistan. Oh, oh, how ignorant of us. He's from <laughs> Nepal. Um, and it's Syria. It's just incredible. Um, and he enjoys his job. And it's like he told you the one day he just made three, put together 300 pizza boxes. Yeah. That's what he did because it was dead, you know. And he's got another job opportunity working Seneca Place. Deanne Thomas hooked him up and he interviewed. And we actually had to put a resume together, which is pretty funny. And it's making a lot, a lot more money than he's making at Domino's. But there's one problem. And that is at the end of every shift, he is allowed to take home a sandwich at Domino's. Oh, wait. This is Domino's, not Seneca Place. No, this is Domino's. He hasn't started at Seneca Place Okay, yet. gotcha. But at Domino's, he makes minimum wage, which mm-hmm. we figured out is take home $5 an hour. Almost. and But it's $5 an hour. And, and, a, sandwich. Sandwich. and, I mean, a, and a Sammy. <laughs> I might quit my job for that. And he makes this, and he makes it himself. And it's a steak and cheese with peppers and onions. Yeah, you does. should see this boy. I'm so, I mean, he's a 4.0. He's a good, good, good he really, really student. Is. He's a good athlete as far as he's so coachable. He's well-respected by his peers. I, could be, I couldn't be more proud of him that he's so excited about this sandwich. Like, he gets home, and he's begging me to get everybody else's dinner ready so he can tear into this sandwich. <laughs> to the point where we're like, were you going to keep your job at Domino's if you're going to be making almost double at Seneca Place? And he's like... Sammy. But the sandwich, <laughs> Sammy, and like Rich DeFazio, my brother-in-law, he's like, it's a smart kid. He's a smart kid. I'm like, Rich, the kid's an idiot. He's, he can buy that sandwich. You don't have to work just to get. It's, ah, it's a free Sammy though. It's a free sandwich. Well, I used to work at Pizza Outlet That's as a delivery so guy, and at the end of the night, we got to make our own sandwich too. Mm. And I would always make you know the same kind of a deal, and I'd watch it come through the oven, and oh, there was something yeah. so, so like I could throw as much cheese on that thing yeah. as I want. Yeah. And 
I mean, I'm, I don't want to go back to those days, but man, those sandwiches are legendary God, in my mind. You just done throw with your work, that thing. you just chow down on that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's what I'm talking about. I get it. Dude, I'll, I can just imagine Joe putting 300 boxes together. I, w- I would love to be a fly on a wall of like his process. I could see him like dancing and goofing yeah, around. Yeah, and I was going to say, there's probably part of him that's like bored out of his mind, but he's, he also But he's makes, making fun of it. Yeah, right. Like, so he's like entertaining. He's making a game. Yeah, yeah. by himself. Like, <laughs> he's I also told me that, that he'll put the drivers to work when they're just standing around. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, he's already got his dad's, yeah. like, and his mother's for that matter. Like, well, don't you stand there? Here's what you need to do. Yeah. And, right. you know, and Let's have a box race. And he's like, they do the labels <laughs> wrong, and then I have to change and tell them what to do. And I'm like, has anybody told you to tell them? And he's like, no. <laughs> and, you know, right. they're like 35 That's how you guys. get ahead. Yeah, that's man, what you do. Well, he just he knows what's right. I see management I in that boy's future. Yep. Could be. Well, um, middle management. Speaking of management. Uh, Mr. I don't know how that ties in with me. I'm a territory manager for a. There you go. There it is. <laughs> routing software. Mr. Company. Manager. Yeah, I guess. Let's so. hear from Brian. Um. Yeah, I just don't have a lot going on this week. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I I was telling you guys a little bit um before this podcast tonight that I'm kind of exhausted. It took me like <laughs> woke up to a dumpster fire. Uh, well, woke up to a dumpster fire this morning, but came back from, from your house, Jay last night, which I had a great time, fantastic time and uh, came home and it was just like, I could not, my eyes would not, you know, close. Man, and I had no problem. Falling asleep oh last man. Night. <laughs> I, I just tossed and turned and tossed and turned probably to like one thirty, maybe two o'clock. I don't even remember. But um, so yeah, I'm a little, Little, uh, little run and ragged this, this, this evening, but, um, you know, it's, I, I love doing this podcast and it's so much fun to be here. By the way, Eric, you mentioned that we will maybe not be doing the podcast next week because you're going to be out of town. Correct. So, you know, sneak that in there. We might not be doing it, but, um, Eric also said he would take all week to create a best of <laughs> clip show. He didn't say that. I did not. You he said not. that. I said that. Yeah, that, you did. Well, that you would do it. Then you right. would do it. <laughs> I, I also said that won't happen. Um, but no, it's it's been a um, it's it's been a, a good week since I've gotten back from the beach. Um, you know, just kind of getting back into the groove of things. I'm still eating all the beach things. You know, the the fudge, and we still have a couple sticky buns left, and um, you know, so that that, that that's good stuff there. Um, I, yeah, I just don't have a whole lot going on with me this week. It's been fun to hear your guys' stories, and um, I just I, I give you a lot of props, Eric, for getting up every morning since you know you every you, other morning. Well, regardless, <laughs> every you're, morning you're, that you're supposed you're to continuing get continuing yes. on that trend, yeah. and, and how are you doing as far as your your weight loss goal? Because I don't know. You haven't you haven't been like micromanaging. No, and scales, scales, bro, scales, scales broken. broken. <laughs> I oh, can yeah, confirm. Those, those by the way, really still broken. Those are like expensive and rare. To get a to get a scale, so yeah, you I can't, man. Like you can't go out to big lots right now. And well, no, but I want I want to replace the. I think I just need to replace the battery. Just replace the bathroom You're floor. You're going to want to make sure the that the bathroom floor that's not working. The battery is facing the right direction. Okay. Don't pull what we I like heard. to call a holler. Oh boy. Um. Yeah, I want to. I want to re- see if that one works because, like, <clears throat> if I get another scale, it's not going to be exact like to this one. You know what I mean? Because like, if I weigh myself on this one, and then I go to the doctor's office, it's like, well, that's not what my home scale says. <laughs> so I want to be like accurate to like a one to one match. And you, you know, know what? what I mean? it's, the scale is a number. Scale is a number, and it's not. It's a, it's not the end all. Be all. My this, clothes are fitting better. I, I have debated saying this the whole time because I don't want to seem like that guy, but <laughs> your face does look thinner, and 
Speaking of... I noticed that tonight when I was looking at myself. Okay, good, because you sort of paused there, and I was like, oh, maybe I offended him somehow. (laughs) Uh, I used to tell Rick Walker, Uncle Rick, when he would... Because he would very often go on diets and stuff like that and lose a bunch of weight, do like protein power and all that stuff. And I used to say, Mike, the quote I gave him once was, hey, your face is fitting inside your head again. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that. And I didn't mean it negatively, but he took it that way. But that's funny. I'll take it. it. It's like... that's yeah. what I meant. Like, hey, it's all inside. And it's especially a compliment to me because I have an enormous head. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, the same yeah, milk. That's right. So I think to kind of tie up what's been going on with me, I'm, I'm excited about Abby, my daughter. Um, she's getting baptized this weekend. Yeah, she is. Jay is going to be doing that's the awesome. honors. And, and uh, I'm just, I'm so excited that, um, that that's happening and that you're doing it and that I get to be a part of that. Um, so I've cool all, how all this came together. Yeah. And that's happening. Yeah, absolutely. As long as the... As and your dad was part of getting the water supply there? Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. He um, was part of it. We heard it last night. <laughs> we were in the middle of worship practice doing this brand new song, and it was great. <laughs> and the choirs of heaven are singing down on us. And my dad just, out of nowhere... Just Ralphie's mom tromping in. Ralphie's I was going to say Ralphie's dad. dad. Ralphie's dad. Flicking, fracking, fracking, To this day, there's still a cloud of obscenities <laughs> hovering over the baptistry area. Every time you underneath the communion sink, you, you open, open up, up the, the door. Son of a um, the other thing I've been dealing with and it's not been great is I've had a no. really bad Ugh. ankle. Like it looks like I literally stuck my uh, ankle in, in uh, so some kind of toxic chemicals. It's just been like this combination. It really does. It really does. It Nobody wants to see the picture, but um, yeah, no, like literally my skin is flaking off and uh, it's painful. Um, it's a combination of a couple of things, um, but that's not been a lot of fun. But um, I mean... You know, it just it makes me feel like it's all like, the things. It makes me feel more like a man because I'm like, yeah, it hurts. I'm still <laughs> I'm living. Dealing with I'm it. doing it. That, that's that's why I hurt my finger today. I just that's exactly to feel more like a man. <laughs> yeah, man, you tore that thing. I up. did. I tore. Cut it. your ring on uh, uh, something and almost pulled your finger off. Pretty like, much. A la Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, I try to be like Jimmy Fallon in all things. <laughs> so hey, um, um, a sidebar. Yes. Um, speaking of Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Fallon lives in California. Alex Merlina lives in California, and he is a classmate of mine. And I am going to be seeing him at our thirtieth reunion Saturday night, and I'm super excited about that. Nice. So there's that. Um, so that's all I've got. And our topic today would be um, we're, we're going to be talking about how to join somebody in their their struggle or their sin or, you know, not necessarily want to call it sin. But <laughs> join them in their sin. Join them in their sin. All right. We'll call it that. <laughs> hey, no, you look like keep, you're having a good time. <laughs> how to keep somebody from feeling alone. <laughs> there it is. Did you see the light bulb go off? <laughs> Wait, what is how to join them in their sin. Strip club. Yeah. Sure. Is there alcohol there? Yeah. Maybe we could get some drugs. In abundance. <laughs> Let's beat somebody up afterwards. Oh, that sounds uh, like good times. See, and then there's people that would be like, that sounds awesome. To and me, that's like the most come- repulsive offer thing i can think of oh no i like it dude i hate i've all of my vices all of my <laughs> shortcomings i always hated strip clubs hated them well now see we're going somewhere because i was just talking to somebody the other day and i said you know back when i was in speaking of high school when i was a real judgmental christian in uh-huh. high school i kept a list of things 
that showed that I was better than the non-Christians. Yeah. And strip clubs was, of course, at the time. Sure. One of them. I mean, I was 18, I guess, in high school. And I was saying to somebody the other day, I'm like, still got it. So that's <laughs> that's one of my few. Yeah. Because all the other ones are like, no, I lost that one when I was 21. Nope. <laughs> that one, oh, 22. Yeah. You know, and it's like. <laughs> or it's I like, can see how somebody gets to that one. Right. I'm not going to do that one myself. But no matter what it is that you do that is wrong. Mm-hmm. What I would love to talk about tonight is when it gets piled on top of. Mm. So you are already doing something you know isn't right. And then somebody, you know, what do you, well, we could flip it around the other way is you've got a friend that is doing something that you know isn't right. Mm -hmm. And so often, and again, we, we talk about the fact that this is not a Christian podcast, but a whole lot of Christians listen to this podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. So very often, Christians will feel the need to come in and sit you down and point out the sin in your life and how you're, what you're doing is wrong. And I think what that does more often than not is it doesn't help. And in fact, it hurts. Mm-hmm. So let's first talk about why doesn't that help? So, you know, you're sitting there and you're telling jokes at a party and maybe you're, you're, you're having a couple too many drinks. Mm-hmm. You know, but you're not driving home. You're yeah. just having too many drinks yeah. and you're telling some jokes and I, maybe the jokes aren't appropriate. I'm just picking something out of air. I have no idea if this is something I've ever done or not, <laughs> but I'm saying <laughs> I've never heard. Uh, I can't even finish that. Nope. I can't even, <laughs> you know, and so then somebody sits you and this hasn't happened, but somebody sits you down and says, Hey, listen, I want you to know that you're, you represent a lot of people and the jokes you're telling you know, they're not right. And I mean, this is maybe not a great example, but when somebody comes to tell you what you're doing is wrong, they're representing goodness and morality and, mm-hmm. and even your best interest. And they're going to sit you down. Right. They mean well. Yeah. yeah. In theory. But does that help? Or, or let me ask the question, like I said, is why doesn't that help because so much? To me, I would just feel worse. And more alone going along with the theme of our series here of like being alone and this is being alone in sin. So like, I feel like you're pushing me away because I'm doing something wrong versus what I need is comfort and somebody to come alongside me and not join me in what I'm doing, but just being there and working through what I'm going through, whatever that is or whatever is causing that sin to come out, I should say. Well, and that's funny that you would say that because that's what I just typed down was where does the sin come from? Yeah. We've talked about where do negative behaviors come from? And if you want to go back to the emotional cup episode, it comes from unresolved hurts and they build up and they go to different places. And then what comes out of the top of our emotional cup are these things. Yeah. And so to simply come to somebody and say, hey, listen, this is bad. What you're doing for the example I even just used, let's say it is me and I'm telling jokes that are inappropriate. And somebody says, Jay, you're a pastor. Mm-hmm. You know, you shouldn't be telling jokes like that. And there's a part where I can go, eh, they're probably right. You know, but why would I tell that joke? Well, I have a, I have a need for attention. Yeah. Maybe when I was growing up, I didn't get all the attention that I wanted. Right. Okay. So I'm left with this lifelong need for attention and I have the need for approval and for people to say like, man, no matter what, Jay's the funny guy. That's my identity. Ah, He's the funny guy. That's great. And you go, oh, but you know, and, or 
Well, and so that's where it's coming from. So for you to say, well, look, what you're doing is wrong. Well, what I'm doing is apparently I'm trying to get my needs met that aren't being met somewhere else. Right. Now, I don't know that up here. I do, but others don't. Right. So all we're doing is addressing what's happening in their life and not addressing the underlying issues. Yeah. Um, The reality is no matter what, the negative behavior is, and we're using the word sin, but whatever else, Brian, you, you said in our prep time, how great that like, it doesn't matter who you are, there's right and there's wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe we have a different definition of right and wrong. Maybe it's hard coded into us. Every single person fund. I mean, unless you're a complete psychopath or you, you seriously have something wrong with not you. Not to judge those people. No, 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 no. I mean, like the medically diagnosed, like you legitimately have something where it's off base. Something got snipped in your brain and Shh. you have no definition between right and wrong. Sure. But the average person, regardless of how good, quote unquote, or bad you are, it's hard coded into us. It's part of our shape and identity that there are lines and that there are are things that you know maybe shouldn't be crossed or maybe shouldn't be entered into and there is that conviction in all of us whether you call it the holy spirit or whether you call it consciousness or whatever you know i i think no i know that we all feel that and right and the point is um, a great percentage of the time when you are experiencing that negative behavior when you are doing those things like you're saying is you're aware of it Mm-hmm. So for somebody to come alongside you and say, hey, look, what you're doing is wrong. Are you really telling them anything? Right. No. no. Because they, they already don't. know that they're doing something wrong. And so that in and of itself is a hurt. When you're doing something wrong and you're letting yourself down and you're letting others down and everything else, guess what? That's another hurt. So what do they experience? They experience, again, this goes back to the cup. Mm-hmm. They experience anger. I can't believe I did that again. Mm-hmm. Right. They're experiencing fear. Horrible. Am I, am I never going to be better? Horrible guilt. And then comes guilt. Compounded, compounded self-loathing. And there comes shame. Yeah. So then we say, hey, what you did was wrong. Look at you. You're a Christian. You're a leader in this community. You're the, the leader of your family. You're a, you're whatever you are. That wasn't me. I'm talking to anybody. And then you go, oh, crap. They're right. My biggest fears are realized. And you've pointed them out one more time. Mm-hmm. Right. And made me feel worse, even worse. And so guess what? I'm going to associate with you, somebody who doesn't care about how I feel because you didn't, you just trounced all over me again. So if I need help, I'm going to not go to you. Right. And and I'm going to avoid you when I'm ready to get help. When I've really experienced the worst. And again, what we're talking about here is not the catastrophic situations. We're not talking about an intervention. We're not talking about somebody who is causing harm to themselves, you know, thinking of committing suicide. You know, there are times where, yeah, you pull out all the stops. We're talking about, sure. you know, things that somebody's doing. And you're like, oh, boy, they're really going there. You know, oh, I don't know about that. Right. You know, oh, I don't know about that. So what we should let's focus now on how do you approach somebody? So you've got a friend who's, you know, having some destructive behaviors. What's a better way than to sit them down and set them straight? How can we go? What's the best way to go about it? I like to, depending on who the person is, because I don't do this with everybody, but I'll do two. I'll do two versions. One for people that I'm close with or people that I would do anything for. And this is a very, very good point because I was, I was going to say like, to me, it really depends on the relationship. And, and your status with, with yeah. the person that you're going to so approach the, or whatever. So the one thing would be like, whatever you need, whenever you need it. Mm-hmm. If you fall into a hard time, 
and you know, like you guys are obviously in this group. Like if something were to happen and you really screwed up, I'm here. No judgment. Mm-hmm. You know, we can always talk about whatever, you know. Um but yeah, whatever you need, whenever you need it. I'm your guy, right? And then there's also just like hey, if you ever need to talk, if you're ever going through something, you know, tough and you're just feeling down, feeling low, and you need somebody to talk to that doesn't have any judgment against you, you know, and you just want to get things off your chest. Right, I'm a blank slate. I'm, I'm here not to judge. I'm here just yeah, to open up. I'm just and, here to listen, you know, because if I, you want. And a lot of times that's what counseling is, is you're just going to somebody right. else that's listening and you're just getting it out. Yeah. You know, and, and they're going to offer you a perspective that might be more healthy, but without judgment. Yeah. Or they're just listening and just like right. what we talk about on the show is just like, oh, man. Yeah. You right. know, I would feel, you know, this, mm-hmm. I would feel I, you know, whatever. You, you fill in the blank of how you feel in that situation like we've talked about. Um, but that's how I would like to handle the situation, you know, um, thinking about it. I think it's important. There's two times in two different ways you go about this. And, and, and I just want to maybe even rephrase. In Young Life, which is the ministry I used to work for, reaching out to high school kids who don't go to church, we use the phrase, you want to earn the right to be heard. Yeah. You don't want to go up to somebody and say, turn to Jesus so you don't burn in hell. You know, they're right. like, hey, no, about, loser, get out of my face. Like, okay. Um, if you've earned the right to be heard by somebody, then you could sort of say to them, hey, listen, we both know what you're doing ain't right. But even then, I would I would counter with, like, it's the three of us. Yeah. If one of you guys was doing something that I thought was far too far, mm-hmm. you know, and being regular, you know, I would check in because I think I've earned the right. Mm-hmm. You know that I love you no matter what. Yeah, so that's the one great group of people. Yeah. The other one, like you said, is you're the the non-threatening person in their life. Yes. Hey, I just want you to know I'm always here. Yeah. And because also when I was doing wraparound social work, basically, I learned that everybody needs a third party. Every kid needs a third party adult mm-hmm. in their life without. Oh, the, my. It's so important. Without so the authority glad, to punish. And I'm so glad that you guys are both in Ethan's life. Like not not to go off on a tangent, but that's it's, right. And it, it's just to your point, Jay. It's so incredibly important yeah i'm with you but even as adults it's good to have that person that's like hey look i'm nobody you know you can come Mm -hmm. tell me anything and it ain't gonna matter tomorrow yeah well a lot of success most successful people have a mastermind group or a you know a close group of people that are are going to be able to to speak to those blind spots and you know to bounce the ideas off of you know the the person i think that um that is just alone by themselves you're you're not going to be effective or you're going to be completely off base and and so to your point you know that it's very important even as adults to have those people yeah and know who you are to people Uh don't go into you know like i said i think i could say anything to either of you and you would go wow he really cares i know that he loves me Mm -hmm. whatever else right and i could go to somebody else let's say eric could go to either of us but Eric could sit down with a guy who's a floor below him at, at work and say, you know, I saw you. Uh, you went outside for a cigarette. You know, that's really bad for your lungs. And he'd be like, who the F are you? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. But hey, like, look at this finger, buddy. Right. But because you haven't earned that right. Cause, so right. that would be a misjudgment of your relationship with him. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we want to make sure we know who we are yeah. to other people. Yeah. It's a really and, good point. And to come along with the appropriate strategy with each person. And when in doubt, you know, 
allow them to know that they're not alone. Because, again, most people feel terribly alone. They're aware of their shortcomings. Mm-hmm. It's the rare, rare, rare example. Even the person that says, nah, nothing wrong with me, inside their head, they're going, oh, boy, there's a whole lot that's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. So let's let that happen, and let's be the person that they come to. Or, you know, it's sometimes when we find out things about people that we're not supposed to know about them. Mm-hmm. And you want to say, look, I know, I know, and you can come to me. Like, no, just be available. Don't be that judgmental jerk that comes down. Because just like we said, they're going to hit you with anger, fear, yeah. guilt. It'll scare or them if you don't, if you don't get anger, fear, and guilt, you're going to just double their shame. Yeah, and render them just catatonic and alone. Yeah, and isolated. And that's where we make worse choices. And then if they do come to you, don't. Don't botch it. Don't don't talk know, about it in a podcast. Don't talk about it in a podcast. <laughs> Lesson learned. Exactly. <laughs> like like they're trusting you with something and you know, you, you can't blow that otherwise you have zero credibility forever in that person's eyes. And a lot of people do that. And everybody they come in contact with's ears. Yep. Because they're gonna tell. Yep. Yeah. And they'll say, You should do better. You should do better. You should do better. I want to lead off with my do better. <laughs> You're excited. I'm so excited about this do better. And I'm and when I even found what is it. do better? What are, what are we talking about? Oh, that's a good point. Do better is when we throw away everything we've done in the last 40 minutes and all the drilling, trounce on some cho- choices people have made. <laughs> and say usually how, people from Florida or Walmart. Hey, or New Brighton. New oh. Brighton, PA? New Brighton, where I used to do wraparound. I referenced New Brighton earlier or wraparound working with kids in crisis, where my job was to keep kids out of mental hospitals. And I'll have you know that of the five kids I worked with, not one ended up in a mental hospital. Wow. Three went to prison, but that was not my job. <laughs> my <laughs> job was to keep them out of a mental hospital. Wait, wait, you did this when you were doing young life or no, this is when I had my failed job selling hydraulic, not selling hydraulic. Oh, and that industrial was a good one hose. for you, right? Yeah. Uh, for a year, I did five part-time jobs. I worked at Whale's uh, Tail okay. Teenage Shelter for Girls, and I worked for Wraparound. I worked for the Alakiski Area Hope Center, teaching violence-free, healthy choices for kids. I was a volleyball instructor and a volleyball coach, and the most money I made was as the volleyball instructor for CCAC. point of the story is this. Wraparound. Dateline, New Brighton, where Tom DeMarco once said to me, you drive all the way to New Brighton to help some kid. Do you realize how many kids with problems you drive past? Dateline, <laughs> New Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> wow. A bizarre rollover truck, or excuse me, rollover crash led officers to a Beaver Falls bar. Police said 42-year-old Sean Riley rolled his black SUV along Marion Hill Road in New Brighton on Tuesday night before stealing a responding firefighter's truck. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. And heading straight to the bar. So good. Oh, no. So, wait, he came from a bar, rolled his truck, and then stole a fire truck and drove back to the bar. <laughs> no. No, no, he was always on his way to the bar. Let's, no. let's oh, not okay. make him he more just... of a legend. Uh, it's... Yes. He had pregame somewhere. We're not Dang, sure where. There goes my truck. I steal a fire truck. Okay, I can still and I'm make good. It. I'm good. Hey, wait. This volunteer <laughs> firefighter showed up. I'll just take his. Rolled and landed right over there, said Bachman, the guy whose uh, property, the SUV, came to rest. You can see where he hit the bank. It's a big gauge. I think he hit it on his way, and then he flipped. Uh, ran off the road, and here is one of my favorite lines. Um, in rough shape. 
and bleeding, police say Riley allegedly stole the responding firefighter's truck and drove to Michael's Tavern in Beaver Falls. Go I'm ahead. sure he was dead sober at this point. You know, anyways. it's a bad thing. They said it's a wonder he's still breathing. Police tell KDKA that Riley, wait for it, resisted arrest at the bar no. and they were forced to tase him. Oh. At least one time. <laughs> At least one. And I've talked before about partial truths. <laughs> At least one time means could have been 50. Right. <laughs> Wait, so was it? this was Sunday? Tuesday. This is yesterday. Wow. Oh, yeah, because everything happens on Tuesday. Yeah. There's I mean, lots of events happening on Tuesday. As I was driving Todd Holler back and forth to his house because he lost his key fob for his car. Grandmoo's Lounge, which is right there yeah. on Frank's on Road. Yep. We saw like eight people walk in, and I thought, what you do on a Tuesday, on a Tuesday night, night at 940 at night? Right. I went to Grandmoo's Lounge. And then we talked about whether or not if I went in there, because that is a largely African-American establishment that is 35 and older. And mm-hmm. I wondered if I went in there, if they would be like, hey, what up? I thought, they, I thought about the same <laughs> thing. Like, what if I just pop my head in there? Hey, everybody. Hey, guys. Hi. My name's Brian. <laughs> Do better. <laughs> They're like, get out. Dead air Do is one the, of the best things in any podcast. I don't have. I don't have a. We were talking about this before. That be, what did you call this little thing? Um, because I want to. Because I want to. Yes. Yeah, not a do better. Not a do better. Can't do better. Just because I want to. That's fine. I'll wrap up with the with the can't do better yeah, recap. That because so Brian wants to. The new segment. Well, I love Breaking Bad. It's my probably my favorite show from start to finish ever. It and is a great show. Crazy show. There's this great article, um, great story. Real life Breaking Bad. Internet thinks man wanted for meth possession looks like Walter White. Walter White is the character played by Brian Cranston. Main character yeah. of the show. He's the he's a school teacher that um, it gets diagnosed with terminal cancer, and he's just like, I need to make some money for my cancer, and ends up becoming this like meth kingpin because he's a chemist. Yeah. Anyways, um, the mugshot of a man wanted for meth possession has some Breaking Bad Breaking Bad fans seeing double. Police in Illinois shared a photo of the man who was wanted for probation violation related to possession of methamphetamine last week, looking for help in locating him. But fans of the critically acclaimed drama quickly chimed in with their own revelation. Uh, the man in the photo bears a strong resemblance to the show's protagonist, Walter White. Well, I guess we have a spoiler for the Breaking Bad movie, which is coming out in addition to the Breaking Bad series, and it's very anticipated by Breaking Bad fans. I guess we have a spoiler for the Breaking Bad movie. Uh, Barrick, with his bald head, goatee, and glasses, had many commenters making comparisons to the character played by actor Brian Cranston. He, he looks like Walter White from the show, maybe sampling a little bit some of his product. Yes, because he's a little rough. Yes. He's a little rough looking, but he's man, a little it looks rough like looking, a little little tattooed. Yeah, Brian Cranston is looking rough. Commenter Nathan <laughs> Corson. <laughs> Another Facebook user, Robert Dole, waited with reference to some of the show's most iconic settings. Have you tried Albuquerque? Perhaps at Los Pollos Hermanos. He said. Oh man, that's so, good. I can't. I'm looking forward to the movie. I am looking forward to the movie. Speaking of Brian Cranston, so I've been rewatching. Like when I get ready in the morning, and you know, I'm in the kitchen with Mags. I've been watching Seinfeld. Oh, okay. Um, and he was the dentist on Seinfeld. And it was pretty early on in like his career. He hadn't really like this was pre Malcolm in the Middle. Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, that was this one. Is, this yeah. Like this is what he, I guess he was just getting his start. I don't know how old he was. Uh-huh. But he shared the story, I don't know, it wasn't too long ago, very much post Seinfeld uh time, but he was 
in the scene, Jerry's in the in the dentist chair, and they're prepping for the scene, whatnot. Jerry's not there yet, um, and there's a guy, one of like the set guys, is on a ladder, and he's like, "Hey, before like you put the gas on Jerry, you, your character should take a hit off the gas." And then say like, oh, we're good. And then, you know, give it to Jerry. And he's like, oh, that would be funny. And so he does it. Uh And like Jerry dies laughing and they can't like they don't get the scene right away because Jerry thought it was hilarious. And they and they end up really doing it. If you watch the episode, he takes the hit and then he puts on Jerry. And then when he went to go back and like, you know, thank the guy for the tip, he was gone and he never saw him again. Oh wow! I just thought that was like the neatest story of you know like this guy just ducks in, changes the course of television yeah, history, yeah, he's like, and he's a ghost. He's like, did my part? <laughs> I'm out. You know, just that's just a cool story. Yeah. Speaking of cool stories and people that can't do better, we actually featured this guy on our can't do better segment. Yep, we've had him as a, a guest. While ago. <laughs> oh wait, no, <laughs> not yet. Did get in touch with him. But John Potter, he's only twenty nine. 29. Only 29. This is the yes man, right? Where were you at this 29? This is the, the yes man. Um, and <laughs> I was married. The story, the story started off uh, where John um, was stopped by a woman at a gas station <laughs> and she needed a ride to a batter's, battered woman shelter. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, I can't. Right. And from then on out, he felt really convicted to do better. Um, so now John really can't do better. So he's a a handyman by trade, but he does a lot of stuff on his own dime. And he's done things like from fixing people's scooters to their, if they're a pizza delivery guy, he's fixed their cars. He's fixed, you know, general things around the house for nothing. He's given money. He's given away a lot of money, um, in the past four years. And he's also given away his own, uh, kidney. Um, right, he's recovering it. Right, totally now. one to a random. <laughs> yeah, he's got two of them. Right. I mean, come on, to a random like what a I, hero. I, from what I understand, a random stranger. So like he can't do better. But there's a really cool video that they put together. It was on, I believe it was on CBS Sunday morning because I'm pretty sure it's the either way. It's done by CBS, but that's on Wednesday, right? Wednesday and how do you afternoon. know about this? Our um, listener Kathy Horinsky sent it to me. We um, love it when uh, when yes. when people who sit at the table with us input uh, information. Yeah, mm-hmm. and love it. He's and he he's just a cool guy, and he's just he still can't do better. He can and and, the, and like they said in the in the video, like he has a couple hundred dollars to his name. Like mm. he's a very simple guy. He has a simple van where he keeps all his tools. Like there's nothing he's a special. Simple. Simple man. Simple man. Yeah. Hey, I want to say another can't do better. Yeah. And that is a personal shout out to my sister, Mary Lynn. Yeah. Who sent us, was talking about how we love to get information. Uh, She sent us a story about comfort and she is married to her husband. Uh, really? Yeah, it's true. It's Whoa. it's a different thing, but he's a brigadier <laughs> general. Took a turn. He's a chaplain in the army, and she was uh, coming alongside what they call gold star families, and mm-hmm. that is families where a service member has passed away mm-hmm. in service. And she had the opportunity to comfort a lady who was experiencing the one year anniversary of her son passing, and it was so great talking to her about it. And then I had her, you know, send us the summary. 
but to hear her say like the debris it's like a debrief where well, she has to point as well, by point it kind of became a right bit, bit of an insane right um, but but it was just so great to hear her talk about comfort and her saying like i didn't want to give her facts logic and reason mm-hmm. and i didn't want to tell her this and i didn't want to distract her because right. that would neglect it and i just wanted to cry with her and she goes and at one point i said to her i should have worn you know waterproof mascara because we're both crying so hard and and she just cried and the woman's holding on to her and it's like so beautiful and so i added into the can't do better segment one because listening to the story and what she was dealing with i don't know that she could do better yeah but number two that she would share that with us because we just want to spread more of that good comfort yeah we love hearing your stories yeah what an honor to cry with somebody who has lost a service Mm -hmm. member by that mean, I mean, a family member in the service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What an honor to cry with that person. It's unbelievable. And that she said, she even said, I was just thinking the whole time of you guys. And it's like, well, I hope you're thinking about them too. But <laughs> and she was, that's the beauty of it. Right. So I'm just so grateful for her and for people who incorporate loving people by crying with them. Yeah. I think it's very important. Yeah. It's awesome. Can't do better. Yeah. And, and I think also Jay, um, maybe a mini can't do better where this past Sunday at church, you had a, it was first responders day. And, you know, it, it really is like those people, you know, military first responders, it, they, they don't get paid a lot. And I think it was really, really awesome of you to recognize them. Um, and Us. it's, it's, yeah. And, and it's kind of, it's kind of carried, it's kind of carried with me all week and, um, nine hmm. 11 today. Yeah, nine yeah. eleven today, and and so I just you know I wanted to commend you for for saying that and putting that out there. On oh, and Sunday again, too. and I'm going to deflect that because it was as much the rest of the people in the church that said we should do that, and you know sure. whether somebody shows up or nobody shows up, it's just something that's very important. We did have somebody go, ah, we just had a firefighter appreciation thing, so <laughs> <laughs> it was so great because everybody else was like, maybe you should shut up. Yeah. And they're like, okay, all right, <laughs> let's go ahead and have it. It well, wasn't me. And again, like well, there's there's has been so many things in our community within the past, you know six months that have have it's it's been crazy you know at all. we've had way too many first responses yes kidnappings deaths and accidents floods like it's been yeah it's been a lot yeah but um well on that note can't do better <laughs> um you make me sad yeah that's why that's why we're here um well, thank you for joining me in that sadness <laughs> as i drag you along <laughs> i guess we'll go home now guess it's time to wrap up the show anyways but thank you for joining us thank you for taking a seat at the table as always uh like jay said we do welcome comments suggestions questions um you know points insights whatever it might be uh this has been episode 43 troy palomalu or uh richard petty richard patty if you're in the nascar <laughs> number 43 um in your programs as i number one in your hearts that's right and as i said all of our past episodes um are at lunchtimeinrome.com please visit us there please They're free they are free all of them we don't charge for them nope um that's where you find everything go subscribe go uh do all of the things uh but please we would love to hear your input and uh any feedback that you do have uh so for the rest of well so for me bye for eric bye bye, bye. <laughs>